Hi, how you doing? Um, this is the Gospel of Kennison, episode 168, brought to you the week of 6-30-22. Sponsored by our patrons with special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, Wesley Gill. Become a sponsor today at patreon.com slash GOK. I'm your host, James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. Today's Thursday. It's the day I usually record that story show. And today was just a mess. Really, the whole thing starts when I came back from the uh, the podcast expo, PodFest. I, I think I just put out too much energy or something. But I was so excited about life and about podcasting. And I really wanted to make that, that journey and and do something and i went and uh i came back and ever since then it's like i got out of my my schedule i guess and i just don't feel right and i've been getting more and more tired not depressed just worn out tired And so today, when it came time to record, I waited like I do. I, I always try to wait before I call it off. But in the last hour, so about 4.15, I finally texted John and said, no show today. Totally forgetting that I had asked a special guest host to be on the show today. I forgot to tell them. So that was pretty cringy when I got his email hours later. That's what I hate about depression. It makes you so dadgum unpredictable and unreliable. Yesterday was better than today. And last night was bad. It was a bad night of sleep. And it made me sleep most of the day. And when I say most of the day, I mean till like 4.30. Like up and down a few times, but mostly all day in bed. And um, that doesn't make me feel very good about myself. But I, I just don't think my medicine's working anymore. So yesterday, I got up. Well, let me start the day before that. I got online and I applied for a job at Amazon. Um, just packing boxes, fifteen fifty an hour. You know, um, what do they call that kind of job? Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. It's just entry level. It's anybody can do it. They actually advertise it to college students who are 18 and up. But I've been feeling like that if I can work, I should work. And I don't know if I can. 
I don't know if I can handle it. And I don't know if today is a result of, of this, but I applied online and they told me to come in at 10 o'clock. And uh, somehow I misread some stuff and I was there on time. I was there early. I was dressed. I was shaved. I put on a polo shirt. I thought I would be interviewed. But I walked in the door and she says, you need, you need something from column A or you need something from column B and C. It took me a minute to figure out what she's talking about because she's very familiar with column A and column B and column C. I wasn't even sure what paper she was referring to, but I stand there like an idiot. She could have just told me like a human being, but I read through this paper and you either had to have a passport from column A and eventually figured out that from column B, I had a driver's license. And from column C, you had to have a social security card. Now, technically, they did send an email with this information, but it was behind a link that I didn't click because I skimmed the email like every human being does. And I got really overwhelmed and very discouraged. Just not only at the way I was processed, I was going to say treated, but I wasn't even treated. I was, was processed, and, and I'll get into more of that in a minute. But I said, I, I have this information. I just didn't know I was supposed to bring it. I'll be back. And I left. I was mad and very discouraged because it was a 35-minute drive and not an easy one. And I know some people drive further. It's just I'm not used to driving at all. So it was quite a, quite a, quite a trip all the way out to St. Charles from, you know, South County, I mean, uh, South city, St. Louis. So I drove all the way home, found my social security card, drove all the way back out there listening to crime and punishment on, uh, audible. And, uh, the lady greets me again. She said, James, right? I guess she remembered me because I kind of pitched a little fit when I left. I, I didn't say anything. I just said, I, I'm going to go drive 35 minutes each way to go get that document. I'll be back. So I hate that. That's why she remembered me because I pitched a fit. Cause I'm not usually a jerk, but everybody has their moments, right? So she, Verified that I had the documents and she sent me to another station. She said, go stand in that yellow box. And I did. And the lady, and it was a picture taking for an ID. So the lady took my picture and she sent me to another station where the lady took my card and my social security card and scanned them in the computer and asked me if I'd ever applied there before. And I said, no. And after she scanned and gave me back my card, she handed me a piece of paper that I have with me 
um, where she said, you have to wear safety shoes to work here and we will give you $110 toward purchasing them. So she gave me the sheet with the promo code and sent me into a drug testing room. It was an oral drug test. Last time I took a drug test, I was in my teens and I had to pee in a cup. But this one, I went into a room. They sent me into a booth, a clear glass booth. And a tablet told me what to do. You ever seen the movie Idiocracy? Well, I suggest it. Because this is what that felt like. I felt like a, a pair of arms and legs with no soul just being processed through a machine. But I took the test out of the package, put it in my mouth, filled it up with saliva, apparently, for five minutes or something. And then I squeezed it down into this container and waited another five minutes, the tablet timing me the entire time. And then I placed the whole thing into a slot on the base of the tablet, which took a picture. And then I was told I was done. And to place the test into a basket. And that I would get the results of the tests in a week or two. So I I am on drugs, <laughs> just not illegal ones. So you do worry about such things. You know, what's it going to show? Is it going to show anything? You know, I don't know. I am always the one that gets nervous. Even when I did background checks as a pastor, I would be like, what if there's just something that shows up? There, there is nothing to show up, but what if something does? How much, how, how horrible would that be? You know? So I was done and I never was interviewed. I was never asked about my experience. I was never looked at as far as my personality or anything. Um, one interesting thing is the, the tablet asked, well, no, this was later because I came home and I had an email waiting for me that said, you've been hired. So officially right now I'm an employee of, of amazon.com. So I, my first day isn't until the 20th. I bought my shoes, got some Reeboks because I'm cool like that. Um, they were a little over the $110 that I got. So I ended up paying like $5 additional, but they're on their way. They should be here Saturday. Today is Thursday. So I'm getting a job, I guess is the thing. And I'm, I'm worried. And why are you getting a job, James? Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. Um, one of them is that I, I have up until this point felt like good enough to where I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I could be spending my day doing something else besides just being at home. Now I would love to work 
as a part-time children's pastor somewhere, you know, or a youth pastor or something like that. I think, I think that would be the best for me. Cause that's, that's inside my career. That's what I do. But, you know, this has been, this is difficult because, um, I don't know. I've always struggled with feeling like a bum. Okay. Always have. And, uh, cause for a while when I was 19, 18, 19, 20, I struggled and I struggled to keep jobs. I struggled, uh, to pay bills and I felt like a bum and also just being raised the way I was, I always felt like I was less than other people. Um, like even in high school, going into a mall felt awkward and th- even thinking about shopping at a department store, like the gap or, you know, whatever was way out of line. Like I, I don't know whether to call it imposter syndrome or, or what, but I just felt like I was trash, you know, and that those places were for cool people. And there was a time when I worked at, uh, during this, this time when I was 17 or 18, 19, 20, I worked, I got a great job at, at a fast food place. And I was flipping burgers at the grill and it was an ideal job for my age group because I got paid better than minimum wage. I didn't have to wash dishes. I didn't have to clean floors. I just had to clean my station. And to me in the world of fast food, it was an enviable position because I was a cook, you know? But my sister came by with all her friends one night and they saw me and they all said hi and they were all cheerful. And I didn't even look at them. I I just, my heart burned in my chest and I felt so ashamed and I quit after that night. You know, it's so stupid. But I, I share this to give you an example of kind of what I'm going through now. Cause I'm not too good for any job. I don't want to make it sound like that, but it is slightly humiliating to, to be an employee of Amazon. But I was listening to Jordan Peterson and, um, his, he was talking about Cain and Abel and he, he goes down rabbit trails quite a bit. And he was talking about a friend of his, that um, he that lived with him in his younger days, and he lived with him with the purpose of getting it, helping him to get his life together. The smart guy, you know, uh, had been to college, just couldn't keep a job, and felt that certain jobs were beneath him. And Jordan says, even though there was no job that was beneath him, and that really struck me because. I, I feel like there are jobs that are beneath me and I feel like that's, 
I guess that's wrong to feel that way, to, to have that kind of pride because, you know, the truth more than likely is, is that it, it isn't beneath me that I am exactly the kind of person that needs to be doing a job like this. What attracts me to it is that in theory, I won't be dealing with people very much and definitely not with customer service. You know, that would be the hardest part of most entry level positions is that they, they involve grease, <laughs> you know, uh, or people. And uh, as far as I know, my job will be to fill boxes with randomly, you know, generated objects and uh, stick stickers on them, tape them up and send them on. That's what I, I believe the job I signed up for is. And I've actually even seen a video of what that looks like. It's just a little workstation and, you know, they even have a little machine that cuts the tape for you and you just put it on there and you know another machine prints out the label and you just stick it on there and um so i i don't know i it'll be it'll be good for the show you know for this show anyway you know the adventures of amazon james find out what the freak happens so I don't know. I don't know if today though, is a result, you know, today being bad is a result of yesterday's struggle Did I put out too much energy because now I don't want to do it. I have jobs that I'm supposed to do as far as artwork. They feel overwhelming. I feel like, and I've been trying to get, um, interviews for a show I'm trying to restart called I like genius. And I actually did an interview yesterday. It went really well. Um, well, a guy named Jeff, he's known as brick bending on YouTube. Um, go check out. I like genius. By the way, the episode five is the episode I'm proud of right now. It was a great interview. It went really well. He's a great guy. It's it's really an, uh, an inspiring create you know creativity style podcast. It's something I did started back in two thousand nine. I did four episodes and then quit because of depression. And uh, it's always been something I've wanted to start back up again, and so I did. So maybe last night was a result of yesterday. You know, and then today is a result of last night. And maybe I'm better off than I feel like I am, but I don't feel good. I don't feel well off, you know. We just got back from a trip as well. Um, I think I mentioned it. That we went to Florida. I got to hang out with my brother and his wife again. I got to see my sister and um, my mom. And then we went uh, to Yulee, Florida and hung out with my wife's family. And uh, I, I took my new Oculus Quest and, and the family 
different members of the family, not the whole family, but people played it. Um, Jen's brother, John really liked it and played it for hours. And, uh, but you know, that was tiring. You know, it's, it, it wasn't a vacation. It was a trip. You know, a vacation is for relaxation. A trip is, is something you do. Now there were very fun parts of it, you know, but even fun for a person with, you know, even fun takes energy. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's medicine failing. I don't know if it's, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know if I'm overtired. Um, the answer is likely all of the above. But I know I don't feel like I did when I first started my miracle 20 milligrams. And I don't know if I should just go to the doctor or what. Um, another reason I'm trying to get a job is because I feel like my kids don't respect me. So there, there you go. I don't know that I want to elaborate on it. I just don't think they get that I'm a sick person. And when I was their age, I judged my mom pretty harshly. And I don't know if I was right or wrong. I, I feel like, I feel like that she used depression as a crutch to, to get away with not doing everything she was supposed to do. Um, but I'm not sure, but that's, that's how I judged her. So maybe they do the same to me, but they seem happy for me that I'm, that I'm trying But I don't know that it's a good reason to do something. So here's what I've come up with is I, I talked to my wife about this earlier that the money I make should be set aside in a second, in a, in a separate account, bank account. And that money should be used for home improvements, vacations, and incidentals that have to do with getting kids off to college. And if I can focus on the purpose for me working, because that gives me a purpose, then I can get over the shame. I can get over feeling like I'm doing a lowly job and I can that sounds so prideful and I hate it, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Maybe, maybe I am just a jerk because some people do this job and they're glad to have it. You know, there's gotta be. But I don't know. I don't know. Imagine you were a professor at a school at a college with tenure. And then all of a sudden 
I don't know, you're you're teaching, you know, math at a at a at a community center. I don't know, you know. It probably wouldn't feel very good. But I've been out of work for a long time. So, you know, there the idea that there's nothing beneath me really stuck with me from what Jordan Peterson said, you know, that, that, and, and my wife has been real supportive. We went out Wednesday night and I had talked with her about this possibility a couple of times, but it kind of caught her off guard that I just suddenly did it. And to be honest, I didn't realize it was such a simple process. I mean, it's so simple that you can literally, I could literally tell you if you needed a pair of shoes and didn't mind that they were, you know, steel toed boots or steel toed shoes. If you really needed a pair of shoes, just drive out to Amazon, apply for a job, get your promo code and buy a pair of shoes and then never show up for work. Now, am I really suggesting that? Obviously no, but you know, you could you could do that if you wanted to. It's so fast and so easy and so quick, and I guess it's cheaper for them to do it this way than to do the standard interview and pay people to you know have real um, appointments and and things like that. But my daughter told me when I told her about it that they have very strict and and easy ways to track your your uh, productivity and I would imagine so I mean all they would have to do is put a counter on the label maker and see how many labels it's printing an hour and they will know how many packages you're getting through your station an hour and I guess that's how they weed out the the slackers you know They also had wording in the paperwork that I filled out, copious amounts of online paperwork that um, it's a at will or free will or something employment, meaning they can fire you at any time and you can quit at any time. They do ask for two weeks notice, but they said in another place that if you don't show up for three days, they will assume that you've quit. And so I'm stressed and one of the one of the things that goes through my mind is the possibilities of me not being productive enough and i imagine as you do when you're thinking of negative things that i'm working as hard as i can and i'm working at a pace that i think is possibly all i could do without completely becoming a stress freak you know and just charging in you know going 90 to nothing the entire day like a like a train wreck you know but basically i i i would see myself in this this process of thought as doing my best and a person with a clipboard comes by and says james we need you to do more and my response is going to be well thanks for the shoes and I'll hand them my badge 
and let them escort me off the property. Um, because I'm not going to kill myself for this job, and I'm not going to allow. And it's not that I'm lazy; it's that I don't want the stress. If I can't do this job without it stressing me out, I'm not going to do the job. So it is a big test. But there, the on the positive side of things, it's the kind of job that I could go in for, try it, and if it doesn't work, I quit. And I never have to tell anybody I ever worked there. You know? It doesn't have to show up on any resume. And, you know, I don't know. My wife has a different view on things. She remembers back when I was in college and I went to work at a blockbuster and a couple of months into it, I decided that it wasn't for me. And it actually was going well. Um, I was good with customers. I was a hard worker. They actually wanted to move me into management within a couple of weeks because I guess I just stuck out from the crowd. Um, plus, I was a little older. But management wasn't what I wanted because I wanted a job that was easy and mindless because I was using my mind for, for school and just putting tapes up on the wall and uh, pulling tapes out of the return bin, mindless, easy, you know, checking people through with the computer, mindless, easy, had a great manager who anytime somebody started freaking out about their late fees, they just said the the manager would say, just, just don't even deal with them. Call me just immediately. Let me come and handle it. And that actually shaped the way I did ministry. As I told my wife and everybody that minute, a parent comes up to you, starts freaking out or a kid starts freaking out. Call me, let me come deal with it. Um, but my wife remembers, I didn't remember this, that I still, I wasn't happy with the position because of the management expectation. Suddenly it was ruining what was a pretty good thing. And so I went hunting and, um, I actually took a job that I had had in Macon working for, uh, my link, an internet service provider making websites for them. And so I telecommuted. I was in Kansas city, Missouri. The office was located in Macon, Georgia. And I was ahead of my time. I was, uh, traveling maybe once or twice in a six month period out there to help them with a couple of projects to get, things started but then the rest of it i was working from home i was doing artwork and podcast website or podcast website building uh, from the home and uh i got paid good and i didn't have to deal with anything and it was inside my scope you know it wasn't demeaning i guess it was in, in inside of what i did 
Um, and so she says that maybe this will be that kind of job that I'll do it. I'll find out I can handle it and that I can do more than that. And then I will find a better position or a better shift or a better job. So thank God for positive thinking people. <laughs> Cause I'm not one of them right now. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to try very hard to stick with it. Very hard. Um, I'm not walking like I usually do. I've, I've, I've fallen out of almost all my good habits except for eating. I, on the trip I ate well, I, I did, um, I did cheat a few times. There were cookies. Oh, there were grandma made cookies. They're so good. Uh, but I, but I, uh, ate chicken, you know, and I ate small portions and I haven't been on a scale since I got back. So I don't know if I was successful or not, but I've been, I've been sticking with that, but I haven't been on the treadmill as much. I got on for 15 minutes today and I'm going to try to work my way back up to where I was. Um, <laughs> but every time I take one of these trips that gets me away from the machine, it's like my endurance just goes, hits the floor. Like I can't handle it. And I guess that's just being overweight. I don't know. So, Um, I guess that's about it. I, I, I'm struggling whether I want to share one more thing. Um, but I don't, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Maybe, maybe I can without being exact. I, I just, my, my, I got family that is great. And, and then I got family that I struggle with because they're hurting, they're hurt people and hurt people, hurt people. We've all heard that. And one of my family members made, asked a question about one of my kids. Did they have a trait? that my wife has. And it was offensive. Um, you know, you could argue all day. Was it intentional? I don't know. It was just, but it, but it was offensive. And I defended them and said, I actually like this trait my one of my favorite parts about my wife and my kids and one of my family members says oh he's joking like like it was ridiculous and how could i find anything of value in this trait and i said no i'm not and i let it go i just i defended 
I didn't get offended. I didn't get uh, offended. Um, I, I, I didn't freak out. I didn't sink to their level. I mean, there's a reason I don't visit my mom very often. So I probably shouldn't have, but I did tell my wife she got very upset because it was an attack against the kids, you know, something that they couldn't help. But to me, that just shows how petty it is because it's playground insults. Because what are playground insults? The pretty girl goes over to the ugly girl. And makes fun of her clothes or her face. The pretty girl's pretty. She didn't do anything to deserve it. She just randomly ended up pretty. The ugly girl can't help that she's ugly. She didn't do anything to deserve being ugly. So it's basically me as a bully taking something I had no... I can't take any pride in or i guess you can't take pride but i can't take any credit for and i'm holding it over somebody that can't help what they have and that's like the lowest most childish form of bullying possible you know the big strong bully who didn't do anything to earn his strength other than just random genetics you know holding someone hostage who's thin and skinny. And that's what my family basically did is they pointed out a physical trait that my kids and my wife have that they don't have. And passively aggressively made fun of it. And 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 it wasn't even there. It wasn't even at that level until I said that it was one of my favorite things about them. And my family member responded as if that was the most ridiculous thing they'd ever heard. And at that point, it became an insult. So, obviously, my wife's, you know upset about it and rightly so but i i she told me she's done trying to please them and i'm i'm like that's great actually because i've there's one level beyond that and you're almost there and that is not giving a crap about what they say because i don't care about what they say or think. It is a protection because I used to care drastically. But really when when my when my daughter was born and I had to beg my mom to come out and see her. After that something snapped in me and it was like Okay, I shouldn't have had to have done that. And uh, there's just certain people in my family that 
I've written off that I just, I don't, I don't care what they say. I, I may care about them, but I don't, they don't get to hold a place in my heart to where I care. So, you know, I told you this whole story, but to me, it bounced right off of me because I saw it for what it was because I've moved past being done and I'm in the, I don't give a crap phase. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really hoping my wife gets there because that's the only part about this that bugs me is that it's hurt her. And the only reason why it hurts her is because she cares and she should never care ever because it's, it's playground insults. You know, our, me and my wife, we, um, we have a good life. We really do. We're very happy. We have great kids. We have a great house. We have, you know, we've made good choices in our life. Not everything's perfect. Not everything's a cakewalk. But our lives are better than some of the members of my family. And they're hurting and they hurt and they're jealous and they're angry. And they think Jennifer thinks better of herself than she does. And she doesn't. She so doesn't. So they pick at her. Like I said, just once every two years, they get a chance and they have to get their shot in. It's ridiculous. But it's, it happened, you know, and um, I, I am in the place now where I'm like, okay, every two years we drive down there or fly down there and I get, I get together this dinner so that the, you know, family members can see the kids and talk to us and hang out. We don't go visit for a long period of time. It's already just a minimum requirement kind of thing. Do I even do that anymore? because I don't want to subject my family to ridicule unnecessarily. And I feel like I'm doing them a favor, letting them see the kids and exposing, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm putting my wife out there. So I don't know. I'm going to cut it short here. Um, I'm depressed <laughs> and I don't know where life's going to go. And, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of tongs in the fire right now. And I hope I hope I bounce back a little bit somewhat. I hope I sleep tonight. I, I doubt I will cuz I slept all day today. I don't know where life's headed. But I try to remember what I, what I knew to be true when I was doing better. And that is that when things are good, I always think that's going to last forever. And when things are bad, I always think it's going to last forever. And 
I did. I, I let myself think it was going to last forever, but I can't do that now with the, with the downside, you know, it's not going to last forever. So at least I'm going to try to cling to that. Anyway, um, if you want to email me, james at nlcast.com, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I, I do appreciate all of the feedback that I do get. And I do listen and read. Some of you send voice messages, which is really cool. Um, they're hard to respond to because, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot said. But I do, I do read everything even if I don't respond, um, I don't always have the energy to respond. And and sometimes there's so much in there that I feel like all you really want is for me to have read it. And I do. Um, maybe I should just respond with, Hey, I read it, <laughs> you know, I don't have any advice. If there is a topic or a subject or a question that you have that you would love to hear me talk about, please send it to james at nlcast.com. Again, I request that you go check out uh, I Like Genius. It's in iTunes, Spotify, you know, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. You can also go to ilikegenius.com and subscribe there or listen online. Um. And we'll see you next time right here on the Gospel of Kennison. God bless you. Bye-bye.